Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. For over 20 years, Dr. James Maxwell and his team at Crestwood Dental have been providing quality care to patients of all ages. They offer a variety of services from cleanings to cosmetic dentistry and restorations with today's most advanced technology, including the most up-to-date lasers, digital x-rays, and impressions. They offer Invisalign and custom aligners with their 3D printer. Crestwood Dental accepts most insurance plans and a membership program for uninsured patients. Schedule today at 314-463-5655 or CrestwoodDental.com. He scores! This is the Last Minute Blues Podcast with Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango, and former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers. It is the Last Minute Blues Podcast. Donnie Fandango, former Blue Jamie Rivers, and... Jeff Burton from the Rizzuto Show. Gentlemen, how you doing? Happy hockey season. Seriously, I'm so happy that we're rolling now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. baby. You ba- know what? And I'm going to go take a really hard ride here and just because of something I thought of earlier today is, you know, we're rolling in the hockey season. The Blues have played, what, three games? Mm-hmm. Three games. Why has Chicago only played one? It was Chicago and whoever they played. They've only played one game, and it was in the States, from what I understand. Well, that's because they haven't had other games on their schedule yet, Jeff. Oh, interesting. <laughs> See, this is why we have the former pro. This is why we have the former pro in here. I mean, example number one of having the expert in studio to help us I out. appreciate you breaking it down yeah. like that. You can only so, play the games that are on the schedule. On the schedule. Yeah. All right, boys, there's an open night tonight, but we're going to get together with uh, Winnipeg and, uh, and just make it happen. Yeah, You why guys not? free? We're free. All right, let's do it. Let's yeah, but go. It, let's uh, go. But smartass, isn't that weird, though, that it's we're a, a week in the season and dudes have only, is it is it because it's Chicago nobody really gives a crap? Or no, I, I don't know if they're doing bye weeks yet the nhl incorporated something a couple of years ago where the team gets like a one week oh, off all the that's time right but Damn, i don't know that would right. be kind of weird if yeah. you start your season with a bye week didn't you just have the off season yeah right. there's like an yeah off week yeah i don't want to get so. at it and get after a- and that could be wrong it could just be a circumstance for whatever maybe chicago is going to have a bunch of games coming up here and they catch mm-hmm. up quickly but uh, i don't know it is weird it is very, very strange. Well, talking about uh, the Blues uh, play Ottawa tomorrow night. They are in uh, Ottawa to take on the uh, the Senator. And uh, since our last podcast, we did not talk about the forthcoming game. I figured <laughs> that maybe that it was a way. pretty good idea if we went ahead and did that before we all forgot because that would have happened if we got into something else. I would like for somebody, and I'm not going to do it, and you guys aren't going to do it, but any listener out there would like to keep track of 
Every time we talk about a team that Jamie Rivers actually played on, besides the Blues, somebody needs to either start drinking or something. So Ottawa, people are going to get pretty drunk. Ottawa, yes or no? Ottawa's a yes. Okay, take that's a drink. What I thought everybody take a drink. So. Now, is this a, an Ottawa team that is in like full on rebuild at, at this point? And there's all kinds of stuff with the stadium and the owner and like apparently and, and Jamie you can set me straight like the fans of the Senators freaking hate that dude that owns that team and want desperately for him to sell them is that correct or yeah. oh no you're you're bang on and god they've gone so far as to even buy purchase billboard spots and basically have fire Melnick like get rid of wow. Melnick Melnick out I believe is what they said and you know, he's just made a lot of comments that are not team player like stuff, and he's cut back on budget. He's fired a bunch of people. He's just he blamed the fans for not coming out to Ooh, games. Boy. Yeah, mm. he, he's really uh, is he related to a Cronky or <laughs> married into something interbreeding anything? Like that? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Wait, I can't think of. Uh, but, but during during the actual ownership of a hockey baseball. Uh, football team here. I can't remember anybody that was so hated that you would buy a billboard here in St. Louis. I mean, maybe Bill Bidwell back in the day, but wouldn't it have been in the, after in the, he left though, or was he hated while they were still here? I'm asking. I, I thought. I, now listen, I vaguely remember. I was a, I was a young buck at that time, right. but I thought that the threat of him moving. I mean, I thought that he was a pretty hated dude in St. Louis it. even before he he left because I think he was thrifty with the football Cardinals. Two, but okay. but but Ottawa with their payroll, they're doing that crazy thing where they've got like a certain amount of money in three players that's helping them reach the bottom the floor. of the cap. Yeah, it's Ooh. crazy. They literally traded for players who aren't playing and have no chance of playing due to long term injury, or they're just like retired yeah. and they're picking up their their salary. It's 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 kind of embarrassing as an organization. And what what sucks is their GM and their coaches. Like, you're in that spot. You can only play the cards you're dealt. Right. And right now, it's like the owner has no face cards in the deck at all. He's just <laughs> feeding them crap all the time. So they do have some really incredible young prospects in the in you know, in the making. Um, you know, two of them are St. Louis kids. You know, you've got Matt, uh, Brady Kachuk, mm-hmm. who is really, I mean, he's going to be a stud for a long is time. Is he the youngest? Is he the youngest? Is he the one yeah. that just got drafted? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Matthew okay. Kachuk plays in Calgary. Calgary had yeah. himself a night last just, night. Just signed right before the season. Yeah, like right three year deal yeah. or something. Yeah, like three year, twenty one million. Don't know how guys. he's going to get by on that. Um, <laughs> but Brady's an excellent player. He's going to be the franchise guy in Ottawa. Just awesome dude. Great kid, hard worker. And they got Logan Brown, who's a son of Jeff Brown, former mm. Blue, was drafted eleventh overall by the Ottawa Senators. Uh, you know, he's in Belleville right now in the American Hockey League. He's working his way up. He will be a full time NHLer. He's six foot six as oh a centerman, gosh. so he's got you know I think a little bit of learning to do on the defensive side of the puck. But yeah, those guys are going to be studs for the Senators for a long time, and those are just two guys that they have. That team will be good if they can somehow find a way to be good, even though their owner is not good. Because dude's not going to sell the team. Like he, like he has not made no indication. No, you're right. Of that. He's not. He said he won't sell the team. But here's the catch to it: is this guy. He's literally hemorrhaging financially. He's not doing good, mm-hmm. and, and so the you end, mean outside of hockey as well, or you just, just mean hockey wise? Uh, both outside of hockey too. Now he's got you know some hidden investments, not hidden, but companies that aren't under his name that make some money. There's ways around these billionaire type guys. 
find a way to make it work. But right now, him financially and personally, struggling. And, and so the NHL has been on, on high alert here to be able to step in. And I know being Ottawa's my hometown, know a bunch of people there that are, are very well off that could potentially have the finances to buy the team. They've inquired a ton with Gary Bettman as to what the status is because not only would they like to purchase the team because they're huge hockey fans and they have the resources, they want Malnick out too. They're tired of this guy. These are hockey fans through and through. They want to support the team, but how hard is that to do that when you got this D-bag that's running the show and he just keeps being that way? Yeah, and that's that's our Cronky Rams story, really, at the, at the last couple of years, really. A- absolutely. So yeah. what is it like, man? When you're playing in a situation like that, have you played in like a full-on rebuild sort of sort of situation? Yeah, when I was with the Islanders, um, things were bleak to say the least. We were, you know, last place in the NHL. They had made a bunch of trades. The team was young. I mean, the future looked bright. Ed Roberto Luongo was a first-round draft oh, wow. pick. Like there were some great things on the horizon, but during that one season, I mean. There was no fans. I mean, we'd play a visiting team. The visiting team would have more fans than we did. It, God, it was tough. Screaming Rams. This is really, honestly, yeah. 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 Same, same thing. And man. it was hard. You show up to the rink every day. Thank God we had a really great group of guys that really cared about each other and played their balls off night in and night out. But it was tough. You show up. It, it's not the electric crowd you want. It's not the environment you want. I mean, we were still flying commercial at the time, which I know sounds like, oh, boy, poor commercial. Oh, that's a big deal. But when you're, you know, you're flying amongst general population and you got a bunch of hockey dudes that are sitting in the middle seat on a three-hour flight, it doesn't exactly scream that, hey, we're an awesome franchise here. Right, yeah. So there were a lot of little things, and guys were only allowed certain, like one pair of skates for a year or a couple of dozen Ooh, sticks. Boy. Yeah, it was it was weird like that. So it reminds me a lot of what the you know some of the Senators guys are going you through. You find yourself spending your own money on stuff even <clears throat> at that particular point? Well, you find point. yourself wheeling and dealing with the equipment reps because you're like, okay, listen, I, I need another pair of skates. They're not going to sign off on it. Is there something I can do? Oh, yeah. And back then, it's not like, hey, I'll, I'll throw you up on social media with my brand new stage. Yeah, no. You know? I, no, you, you had to wheel and deal. And guys took care of you, though. They knew the situation. And if you were a good guy to them, they usually helped you out. So what what is your, and I guess to Donnie's point, what is your motivation to, to play hard? Is it just to get another contract and get the hell out of there? Or just to get a contract and hey, I'm playing in the NHL. What? Yeah. Ain't gonna get any worse than and this. And obviously, you're a pro. You want to be a pro. Right, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. But at the same time, getting your ass kicked night in and night out. After a while, I would think it would get really freaking old. After flying commercial. Right, after flying right. commercial, <laughs> we used to call it the Raisin Bus. We'd head down to Florida, and it was like you know a lot of old people headed down there with us, and you'd be on there, and everybody's like retired, and we got to sit there and you know have like caramel candies with them. <laughs> But, Werther's originals. <laughs> Werther's, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, you know, it, it was tough. But at the end of the day, and not contrary to popular opinion, but kind of, like, we play the game because we love it. And, and that's cliche a little bit. And everybody's like, well, there's a business. Yeah, that, that is there. And you are playing for a contract, and you're looking to, you know, continue playing. But you love the game of hockey. That's a, a, We're a young team, and that's all we knew is to go out there and play hockey and play as hard as you can. And enjoy the good times when they were there. And we had some good times that year. We had some big wins. We did some fun stuff. And, 
you know, you try to pull off of that. So, uh, speaking back again of this Ottawa team that the Blues play tomorrow night, I mean, does this this then falls under the games you got to win category? Even though you're on the road, even though you're in the you know second game of a four game road swing, you got to get this one. Well, yeah, and if you look back to last year, guys, when they're coming down the stretch, they had Ottawa on on the schedule. They the Blues went to Ottawa. It was supposed to be a gimme. End up losing that game, and you know that it may have cost them. Uh, the division at that point, you know, they still made the playoffs, and we know the ending. Mm-hmm. And maybe it was all for. Wait, I DVR'd it. Don't tell. There's a, there's a greater. <laughs> I'm still watching. There's a greater power involved. Oh. So far, I've gotten to where Patrick Maroon has lifted the city on his shoulders. <laughs> so don't tell me what happens after that. All right. Well, I won't ruin it for you. Okay. Uh, we'll stick to the Senators. But um, yeah, you know, this is a must-win game. But you ha- you can't be confused as a team going in there thinking it's going to just be easy. Because it is a bunch of young guys who, you know, are hungry. They love to play the game. They're trying to impress their coach. Every night's an audition for whatever you're doing. And and quite honestly, they don't know any better, mm-hmm. right? So you're out there and you're like, well, we're supposed to win. Well, yeah, but they didn't get the memo right. on that yeah. one. We're still professionals. Hello. You don't think Brady Kachuk is going to bring his A game against the St. Louis Blues? Yeah. And then when one guy does that, I call it dragging the team into battle. You know, then the next guy, the two guys on his line respond. The D start to respond. The goalie starts to play good. And you're like, wow, that guy drug his team into the battle. That can happen. And then you're in one, guys. You know, you got a game that if you get behind and you're chasing the game against a team like that, you start to grip the stick a little tighter and things don't always go the right way. So it's important that the Blues stick to their game plan and playing the way they do, respecting the opponent. And if they got them down, they got to keep them down. And where is Fabry right now in your mind, speaking of gripping the stick? Because I feel as though shift by shift, it's like, there's the old guy. Oh, there's the pedestrian once again. Look, this is tough, you know, and I I took some notes, brought some notes in here because I knew we'd cover a lot of this. And Robbie Fabry's got three games played. He's got zero points. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's had opportunities on the power play. We saw him in games one and two uh, get some power play time. And hasn't made the most of it. And that line with Sanford, Bozak, and Fabry now with Robert Thomas being out, struggled. There's right. zero points across the board there. And, you know, Tyler Bozak's an efficient player. He's on the power play. He, great guy. He's not going anywhere. But when you look at Sanford and Fabry, like one of these guys has to jump up and grab the ring here a little bit because – they're both at zero points and not creating a whole heck of a lot out there. Well, and, and I mean, you've got both those guys at zero points. You've got Robert Thomas, who's knocking on the door to be back in the lineup soon, and he'll get a spot as soon as he's oh, ready. Yeah. And then not to mention, if you've got anything percolating in San Antonio, you've got to be watching. I mean, you've got to be watching your back at this point, man. I mean, and I, and I it just... I just loved Robbie Fabry so much yeah, no, that, it's, sad, it, that right? it's, a, it's a bummer to me for him. But at the same time, as a Blues fan, it's and I obviously this can change at any point, but it almost feels like sort of an embarrassment of riches at times. Like, oh, Robbie Fabry doesn't have any goals. That's cool. In a couple of games, Robert Thomas is going to come back. Right, and oh, yeah. by the way, he could be a flipping top six guy by the end of the year. Like, it's it's a it's a shame. But, like, this is the first time as a Blues fan that, like, this depth is, like, real depth, yeah. not just BS depth that we hear of from the general manager. It's visible to all of us that are hockey fans, and it's super freaking exciting. I can I can sit here as not as an X's and O's guys and not as a roster guy tell you two or three men deep who would be the the, me- the next man up. 
And that's a great place to be coming off of a championship, from what I understand. Yeah, and look, guys, we had this discussion, what, a couple episodes ago about Clem Costin, right? Well, he's been down mm. in San Antonio. Mm. He's playing a yeah. lot. He's doing his thing. Yeah. Calm yeah. down, Burton. I, I like that. Hands above the board. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah, please. Right. Where, where we can see them. Please. I thought Thank automatically I had, to, I had to sit on my hand. Do you want them up here on <laughs> the board? We don't want them anywhere down right. where we can't see them. I wasn't doing anything. I was opening a Kit Kat bar. <laughs> Suggesting my chapstick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but Glim Costin is a name now, and we talked about it before, where you don't want to rush him in. You want to make sure he gets quality ice time. Sanford and Fabry have zero points. Uh, this could be a situation where they say, guess what? We're going to waive one of these guys and, and take our chances, and Clem Costin's going to make an appearance because if he plays third line, guys, he's getting NHL minutes. He's not a throw-in. He's not a healthy scratch or fourth liner, in and out, in and out. If you put Clem Costin on the left wing with Tyler Bozak and Robert Thomas. Oh, baby. Oh, right? Oh, yeah, Jeff, hands yeah. where we can see sorry, them. Sorry, sorry. He started to get excited. I don't want to share the Kit Kat. That's why I'm opening yeah. it down here. And so, I, And I don't want to get you too fired up or anybody listening too fired up. And I'm not saying that that's what they're going to do. But right now, when you see guys that haven't really taken the bull by the horns here, you look to somebody else sometimes. What? And I mean, this is again. I'm sorry, dude. No, I was going to say, how long's the leash, though? We're only three games in. Yeah. Well, nothing's going to happen on this road trip. You know, very seldom do GMs make a, a brash move on the road like this, um, especially this early in the season. So I imagine they'll get through this. They've got three games left on the trip. They've got their trip to uh, their visit to the White House, and then they'll come home and they'll probably sort itself out there. If these guys are still stuck at zero points after, you know, three more games, so that'd be six, seven games total, I think six at the end of it. You have to start looking at it going, okay, well, Mackenzie McEachern, he's on the sidelines. He's going to get a shot. You know, Where well, is he right now? Is he up with the team? Just, oh, just yeah, he's uh, a healthy, healthy scratch. Okay. Yeah, healthy scratch. Okay. He's getting reversed. <laughs> um, so, but he could be added to the mix because, you know, you have to think, if we have zero points, can it get worse? Well, no. So if you put a guy in the lineup and he gets zero points, you're no further behind, really. And Mackenzie McEachern brings a, a good speed, good on the forecheck, a physical presence. He's not like a tough guy, but he, he doesn't mind the banging and doing that. And maybe that creates puck opportunities for Tyler Bozak. Maybe it creates puck opportunities for Robert Thomas in the future. You know, I don't know. It's to be determined. But I do think at some point here, you know, the leash is probably shorter on maybe one of them than the other. I don't know which one that is right now, but you got you to gotta figure it out. I, I'm going to take a guess. I'm going to say that. Fabry has the shorter leash than 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 Sanford, but at the same time, in saying that, I have repeatedly and and not that you have said it word for word, but I have heard numerous people talk about Sanford needing to step it up, needing to bring that physical. Like so, this is now like a year and a half of us hearing this to the point where it's like, okay, well, who's the guy? Because at at some point. You are who you are, right? Like, like, how many more chances is dude gonna get to be able to kind of prove that he can that he can do it? Is you know? he is he a player for the current coach and specifically Sanford? To be honest with you, yeah. So that's you guys got a great point. Like when it starts to become a theme, then that's a problem, right? And, and the theme here is Craig Bruby saying, "Well, we want him to get more involved. We want him to use his size more. We want him to create more space out there. We want him to possess the puck better." Well, you can just push, you know, play on that thing, and it's gonna in, in on a loop because that seems to be the the 
I guess, the critique of yeah. Zach Sanford right now. But the poison, guys, is the fact that you look at his size, for one thing. You're like, wow. On paper, this guy, he's got the size. You watch mm-hmm. him skate down the ice, that guy can skate. You watch him in the Stanley Cup Finals last year, make some incredible plays. Great hands, it's, it seems like. But it's the poison, right? So you start to nibble at this, and by the time you swallow the whole thing, mm-hmm. it's you're dead because right. the poison got you. So I'm hoping that it's not that way with him, and I do think he's going to get a little bit longer of an audition. But I do think that if they make a decision here, Robbie Fabry probably has the shorter leash just based on the fact that you know he hasn't been healthy. He's missed a, a substantial amount of time, and they probably feel like they have some more time to work and develop a guy like Zach Sanford. And so if, we'll see. And if you're another GM and you see Robbie Fabry and you can make a reasonable trade for Robbie Fabry, you think to yourself, this guy was not that far removed from being a player, and obviously, the you know, lack of playing time is obviously going to be something that's going to catch up with him. I wanted to bring up Sammy Blay. Uh, when I went to the opener uh, last week, it was impossible, impossible not to notice that dude yeah. every time he was on the ice. What an amazing player that this guy is, and what is his trajectory? He's not that, like, super young of a guy. He had to hack it around in the minor leagues a bit, right? Yeah, so Sammy Blay, guys, honestly, you know, we talked about it before the season started. I'm I've always been very high on this guy. I thought that, that he could contribute in big ways and he's doing it right now. The thing that I and you guys will recognize this name when I say it, but he reminds me of Jeff Cortnell. And Ooh. You know, that's a, I mean, that's a big comparison. I was going to say Tyson Nash, Nash with more of a scoring touch, yeah, which is a Jeff Cortnell. So it's Jeff Cortnell, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, Sammy Blay Comes, he has an offensive background. He scored a lot of points in, in the Quebec Major Junior League, and he scored goals and points in the American Hockey League. He changed his style in order to fit into Craig Berube's team last year, and he just went out and hit everything that moved. Became public enemy number one out there. And in doing so, if you even remember Game 7, he's the guy on the forecheck who creams somebody. There's a turnover. Jay Bowmeister shoots the puck. Ryan O'Reilly deflects it. It's in the back of the net. How does it happen? Sammy Blaze in on the forecheck. Fast forward to this year, you look at his confidence with the puck, the plays he's making. He's not just throwing it away. He's finding openings for his teammates to get the puck. Makes a great pass to David Perron for a goal. Then he sets himself up in a great spot to get a pass and put a puck in the net. But I really, when I dive into it, I want to look at the last game against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Alex Petrangelo's game-winning goal. If you go back and watch the video, Sammy Blay is at the net front in the blue paint right there, and two Leafs players are trying to hack and whack him and get him out of the way. That creates a nice passing lane for David Perron, who peels out and finds Alex Petrangelo through the defense of the Maple Leafs, and he puts it in the open net. How does that happen? Because Sammy Blay is causing chaos in front. And along with that, he's got four points in three games. He's leading the team in scoring. (laughs) And it's amazing to me, too, man, when when this league Are you his agent? I should be, right? I'm going to cut him in. I speak French, too. No, it's just amazing that the the league is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And so much respect for a guy like that. That is a smaller dude that, man, has got to be able to take a thump and give a thump to be able to to keep that gig. You got anything else on tomorrow night's game? Tomorrow night's game, Before we move on? Okay, and we're playing Ottawa? Yes, playing Ottawa. Before we move on to our next subject, which includes Ottawa, I would Uh like to say Ottawa is my number one as far as 
how fun an NHL city's name is to say. Oh, Ottawa? Ottawa. Ottawa. <laughs> Just let it roll, man. Ottawa. You ever hear them say it up in up in Canada? No. no. The people in Ottawa, my, my wife likes to make fun of it. She's like, eh, you, know, you know, CTV News, Ottawa. 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 <laughs> Ottawa. Ottawa. See, it's fun, man. It is. It's fun. You can't say it and be be like sad. Or it's a great you know? city. It reminds me of a just a smaller version of, of St. Louis. It's really, it's a great city. Oh, the crime's that bad, huh? Uh, yeah, just on one side. Okay. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> so I want you to set this up. I've okay. got the list over here, but but I want you to set this up with with Jim. Okay, so I was looking up uh, on the interwebs on my computer that I have. Don't be worried. This is this no, is no, nothing. No, like, not even, I've seen it. what he looks. No, at. it's yeah, nothing no. bad. I cleaned the cache or cache, whatever it is. Anyway, <laughs> like um, he doesn't know the uh, top in the history, like from fans voting, like on Ranker.com, one of those kind of things. Top jerseys in NHL history, and can you imagine what number one would be? Can I, and I don't remember all of them. But the top five, probably top three or four, I remember. Mm-hmm. What do you think number one was? Montreal Canadiens. No, Montreal Canadiens. And uh, I th- <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> throw me for a loop for a second. I was, uh, oh, oh, oh no, it's just Burton being fun. The hamster okay. running in its wheel in Donnie's head, <laughs> yeah. it literally fell out of the wheel. Oh, dude, it's done. It crashed. <laughs> and I think Chicago was in the top five, whatever. I always thought, and maybe it's because they're not around anymore, but California Golden Seals. Oh, my. That, that was Jersey. A- they used, because you, it's so you know so I don't know grandiose whatever I loved it I now, thought it was cool. Have you heard about their skates, the Golden Seals? Uh-uh. Okay, so our very own Bruce Affleck. Oh, okay. beer drinking Bruce, Bruce yeah, Affleck. Yeah. yeah, great individual. He played out there for a short stint, and the the scheme of the the whole color scheme was the Oakland A's color scheme, and the owner owned both teams. So when he did this, he wanted the hockey skates to be white. Okay, and, and so they don't make white hockey skates. They do now. They make some stuff. But back then, they don't make white hockey skates. So what do you do? You paint them. Oh, God. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. And and now hockey skates get chipped and clipped in every play. Something's going on, right? So the trainers had, like, I mean, a crate of, like, white spray paint. Oh, I should tell you right now. Hold on. Let's stop this idea. Oh, oh yeah. But wait. Think about how heavy those skates got after a while. The layers and layers. Oh, because they just paint. kept going. Oh they gosh. just well, yeah, they didn't like sand it down, Jeff, or power wash it. <laughs> well, that's that's where they went wrong. They just kept throwing Clearly. layer upon layer, and some of them would use like the brush even because it was thicker paint. What year do. are we talking about? This would have been um, maybe uh, late late seventies, early eighties. So there wasn't the onslaught of. Equipment manufacturers right now that would be like, oh, an entire team wants white skates, we'll make them. Right. Well, even if the, I'm sure they asked for it, and the, the manufacturers were like, probably like, no chance. Oh, like, really? Just because the white so- only came into the skates probably like 1990. They started to add a little bit of white to it. Like CCM Tax had a little bit of white yeah, on there. And, um, but back then it was paint. So these guys were skating around out there in their Oakland A's uniforms with white skates. I want wow. a book. That's your oh. Cliff Clavin tidbit for today. <laughs> oh, dude, a Cliff Clavin reference it. is awesome. And before we continue, I want a book of all of the worst owners in sports history with these kinds of stories. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's got to yeah. be a million of them, a million of these types of, of, of sort of things, you know, like like an owner that wouldn't get the real Doritos, would only get the generic right. ones. Or just some really silly shit like that. I would think that there would be a lot of that kind of stuff. That's amazing. So speaking of bad owners That's and funny. speaking of the New York Islanders, 
just before I got there, there was a guy, Spano was his last name. Okay. And they have a whole 30 for 30, you know, the ESPN oh, yeah. thing. Yeah. They have one on this guy. And he purchased the New York Islanders and the league let him have it and all this stuff. He had no money. He was a fraud. I saw this. It was really? a complete fraud. A complete I saw this. Fraud. Literally yes. like, oh, I forgot to check it home. Yes. I'll and see you next week. And they kept calling him and kept calling him, and he was just not returning phone calls. And, yep. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Isn't it amazing when you hear stories like this, and at that level you think, how the hell could that happen? Right. Well, you know they what I just mean? assumed, and he had people that he rolled with, the crowd that he rolled with were high rollers. Dude from the Fire Festival that recently went uh, same kind of dude. Yes. Exactly. Oh, wow. Yeah. Narcissistic, yeah, yeah. can do no wrong. I won't really get in trouble for anything. I'll find the money. Don't worry. That guy, exactly. Yeah. And, and the league it. had McFarlane, no... right? McFarlane, something remember. McFarlane. It was yeah. McFarlane. Yeah. Yeah. Steve McFarlane? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, fraud McFarlane. Yeah. Fraud but McFarlane. <laughs> the, the league and the other, the board of governors, they had no reason to think that he wasn't legit because of the people he kind of hung out with and the things that he was saying and, and the, the image that he presented to them. And as it got deeper and deeper and deeper, and I don't know how this guy thought he would actually pull it off. Like at the end of the day, you have to produce something. Yeah. Well, it, it never came to fruition, and the NHL literally had to stop and look around and go, okay, so we just got punked. Yeah. What do we do now? And so the sale fell through, and it went back to the other owner. And this is right before I got there. So imagine the chaos that was ensuing and, and the, the problems that they had there. It's, it's amazing. So you talk about bad owners. I guess we That's talked chapter about one fraudulent right owners yeah. or that's, Fake owners, right? Yeah, but and that, there, that you could be, be no yeah. confidence somebody coming in to try to play there. So, so New York Islanders. There's another one. Yeah, yep. There's a so so Jeff, and I'll have you fill in or however. So we have a list here of all of the teams that you have played for, played for in your illustrious. I was NHL wondering program. why you had so many pages over there. <laughs> so, so I had I, to go to Office Depot and get a notebook. <laughs> Office Depot, a sponsorship is open for you on the Last Minute Blues podcast. The printer is out of ink. <laughs> so, so Jeff, did we want to ask his favorite or his yeah. least favorite of his of his jersey? Oh, I say we'll cover days. them all. All right, yeah. that sounds because God. if I'm not mistaken, the year that you were on the aisle was that the Gordon's Fisherman jerseys? No, I missed it. I missed that okay. by uh, a year, maybe two years. Yeah, it did not. I did not have Captain Highliner on there. <laughs> I didn't know what the hell that was. Uh, yeah, like, it was just always very bizarre to me. That so jersey. bizarre. It was like Santa Claus and rain gear. Now you did get in on the. On the Gretzky jerseys here in St. Louis, though. Uh, we call them the Rivers I, Well, yeah, I was just jerseys. for Donnie's okay. purposes yeah. of St. Gretzky's Yeah, jersey. well, that's St. Louis. I was drafted by the Blues in 93, and they had uh, a great jersey. Now, they just had, like, one little stripe of red on the jersey. Barely, you could tell, but it was really classic looking. I was so proud to put this thing on on draft day. Then I show up for our first game. And we're wearing these clown jerseys. Like <laughs> somebody turned the line sideways and added two more. Yeah, and one number's bigger than the other. My number six was like slanted, and it just—I don't know. It was something weird about watching the greatest player to ever play the game put on a jersey that was made like that. Yeah, that so. is, you know, that's it. but and what's weird is, isn't that the extra jersey now? And yeah, everybody's very excited about it. Yeah, some people love it, and all the power to them. And 
Look, I guess if we're going to do it for three games, if we're trying to capture recapture certain moments in Blues time, why not? If yeah. they went to it as like a regular jersey again or their third jersey where they wear instead of those beautiful blue ones that they wear now, yeah. I would be a little bit more miffed. I, th- I think it's going to be neat to see it on the ice. Oh, 100%. You know, I, I really will. I just want to be very forthright that I hated those jerseys when they first came out. <laughs> and the nostalgia of it now makes them look better to me. But if I'm going out to shell out a couple hundred bucks for an authentic Blues jersey, it ain't going to be that. It ain't going to be that, that, one? that, that is no. That is for sure. But I, It's fun to look at, but in real time, you're like, <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. I don't, have a, I'm not, I don't have jersey. I don't have money for jerseys filling the closet. Right, if yeah. I did, maybe so, but I, I don't. And speaking of jerseys filling the yeah. closet, what are your, let's say, top three that you really liked, and you don't have to blow... You you know, wind up the the blue skirt. If you dig it, great. If not, don't worry about it. I know two of them for sure. And and then maybe like a bottom three or something like that. I, I know two of them for sure. Or top or bottom? Top. Top. Okay. Jeff. Because bottom. they're classic. I would think that the classic. Oh, first man. Bottom. I'm going to have to close my ears if you say Red Wings. <laughs> I, I think classic wings. I would think that would be a favorite of yours. And I would also think classic. I mean, Maple Leafs, like as a hockey fan, like that had to like. I would think you would tear up putting that thing on me. I never put that thing on. I, I thought you were say, Toronto. I don't think he played no. for Toronto. No, Donnie's already traded me again. God damn it. <laughs> now, well, funny story, though. Research. Funny story. Okay, there's always a story All here. Right. I was playing in Detroit. Plug your ears, Jeff. I, I, and um, I was rumored at one point, because I wasn't happy playing under Mike Babcock. I had asked for a trade. Ken Holland was amazing, most amazing general manager ever, and didn't trade me at that point. But then some guy in Toronto put out in the paper that the Maple Leafs had just traded for Jamie Rivers, had acquired Jamie Rivers, yada, yada. And I'm sitting there, and my wife was on the computer that day, and she's like, you just got traded to the Maple Leafs. I'm like, wait, what? And started diving into it, making phone calls. And then my agent was like, yeah, I just saw that. I don't know what the hell's going on either. And anyways, turns out that it it didn't happen. I guess they were really close to making a deal. But it never went through, and GM, uh, my GM, Ken Holland, was like, yeah, no, we're not trading you. So that was oh. it. Yeah. So I, I, although I like was on a hockey reference website and now feel like a complete and total douche. For, uh, yeah, well, if it was on Wikipedia, it's got to be true, Don. Yeah. No, no, no. This was not Wikipedia. <laughs> Type in my I'm net not worth. going there for my info, I swear. <laughs> Type in my net worth on the internet. They tell you how there we true go. everything is yeah. there. All right, all right, give us so, your favorites. Give us your least favorites. All right, now I got to try and remember who I played for. All right, well here, let's go through the list because now I wonder if it's. I'm like correct. sitting here getting Not brain Toronto. jammed. I got Blues. I got Islanders. I got Ottawa. I got Boston, Florida, Detroit, Phoenix. Okay, you're missing Did Montreal. Man, you're missing. Did you say Florida? Yeah. Okay. You're missing Montreal and you're missing the Atlanta Thrashers. The Thrashers. Yeah, the thrash, baby. Hey, check cleared, baby. Feel the thrash. Feel the Did you thrash. see that douchebag on Twitter, that, that writer from Atlanta, that was that was tweeting about the best fans in baseball because they were oh, empty yeah. seats at oh, the Cards yeah, game yeah, the other yeah, day? Yeah, yeah. What a miserable D-bag that dude is. Sorry, he was from Atlanta. That's the only reason. No, that's okay. I see how you pulled it together. <laughs> right. At first, I was worried. Yeah. I Montreal, be Atlanta upset. on the list. Who else? Okay. Uh, no, I think that's that was good. it. I think right. that's good, yeah. Um, okay, so... My my favorite one to put on, I'll never forget the moment, and, and this is not blowing smoke, but when we changed from the clown jerseys, <laughs> when Jim Woodcock uh, put together the new blues jerseys, which was, you know, a little while back, but I loved it. It was the blue and the gold and the white, and it kind of had like the shiny sleeves on it, you know, it was like done up a little bit. 
I loved it. Put on that jersey, and we I never forget it. The first game we played was an afternoon game against the Dallas Stars, and we walked into the room, and they were hanging, and guys were, like, jacked. And then Holly was like, this is what a St. Louis Blues team looks like. And we went out, and we absolutely fist-pumped the Dallas Stars that day. And they were a hell of a hockey club. But I swear to God, it was because the jerseys were so awesome, and we were so pumped to wear them. So that would be my number one. Uh, now, this is where it gets tough. Uh, Jeff, plug your ears. <laughs> is there? There's something to be said about wearing the white Red Wings jersey with the red spoked wheel and the wing, and it's just so simple, but like classy at the same time. I was really proud to put that jersey on. Well, I, w- I would imagine that it didn't hurt that you were wrapped around by, what was it, Joe Lewis Arena? Yeah, Joe yeah, Lewis. I mean, wow. It, one of the best rinks to play in. It was gritty, and the fans were right on top of you and loud. And it was just, it was amazing. I remember putting on that jersey, and I felt like, I felt special, you know? And, and that was not so much the look of it, but it, it was everything that went into that jersey. And, and so that would be... You know, probably number two on the list. And then number three, it's got, I mean, Montreal Canadiens were great and all that stuff. And it is a big history to it. But when I got traded to the Boston Bruins, I mean, you know, you go back in there, the big bad Bruins back in the day, and you're putting on this black jersey, the gold B. It's like you're just feeling like I need to go kick somebody's ass right now. (laughs) And, And I loved it. And we, you know, we had a big, tough team. We had Joe Thornton. We had Billy Guerin. We had a lot of guys that were players, but mixed it up too. I just, there's something special about putting that on and the look of it when you had your guys out there with the black, the gold, and the white. It was pretty neat. So, would, would it be out of the realm of possibility for who was it that the blacked out uniforms last year? Was that the Las Vegas? Who was it? Somebody has some like blacked out jerseys as maybe as a third I jersey. Or I think it was maybe Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, that's who it was. I yeah. think they had like it's like a, a black. It was almost then it was black like on gray black. Yeah. and black, shadowy type yeah. thing. Yeah, I think that'd be badass for the Blues to do something like that as an extra jersey for a couple, two, three games. I'm black because it. Yeah, because I, and I don't know how you would do it, but I think it'd be really cool if it was just something subtle like that. Like a black on gray or a black on blue or something, just for that tough guy kind of look. I think it'd be pretty cool. As long as we leave the core jersey alone and have a couple of the cool, you know, funsies every, you know, couple games yeah. a year. And I'm it very would sell some extra jerseys. Do what did you think of the that was at the trumpet? Trumpet jersey? Do you remember that? Yeah, the trumpet jersey. Yeah, remember it, it had, had the a horn. On, it had the horn it, on the front. They were never worn. By the oh, way. they were never worn. Never worn. They brought it. It was brought in as a concept. And I will say that Mike Keenan, who is the biggest d bag ever, he <laughs> was coaching at the time and general manager. And I know he listens to the show. Oh, yeah. So yeah. that's why I said that's it. who our special guest is. Today. I, Come I on don't in, care, Mr. Keenan. I hope so. Oh better, man, let's get him on. Lock the oh, door behind God. him. He ain't yeah. making it out. All right, that's the next episode. We got to figure out oh, what's yeah. going on there. Yeah, oh, trust other me. than the obvious. Yeah, but anyway, but yeah, he actually nixed those jerseys. They were they were even to be worn in a game, and then he got it pared down to where we wore them for like one warm up. It had all the trumpets all this over. This is them the ugliest and, thing I've ever seen. Let me see if it's. The I same love one. the blues. I that is disgusting. Let me see. 
Yeah, no, that's not the one I was talking about, wasn't it? No, there? that's the one I'm talking about. No, yeah. well, the one I mean, I thought there was just one right in the middle, or maybe I'm just thinking that no, there there's was a, a shoulder patch. Okay, there was a shoulder yeah. patch. The, one. The, that's what I'm. Thinking you know, about. like when minor league teams yeah. like have like the fun Sunday where they're dressing up as the like bucket of chicken or whatever. Day. Yeah, that's that's what like <laughs> that jersey feels like. That yeah. is terrible. Yeah, that's that. Remember the professional roller hockey league that was in town for a while? That's what that reminds me of. Oh yeah, the, the Vipers. Yeah, the St. Louis Vipers. Yeah, that was right after Wayne uh, Gretzky left, and I was. The PA guy, and there was a guy named Wayne, Wayne Anchikowski, and I would introduce him and say, "The only Wayne St. Louis loves <laughs> Wayne Anchikowski." What a beauty! I, would you, yeah. you guys mind if I roll out a, a spinning wheel story here, real no, quick? No, no, by all means. Please, we, had, <laughs> we talked about the spoked wheel in Detroit. How can we right. not talk yeah. about spinning wheel? We had wheel. It on, this, on the show sheet thirty-seven minutes in to get the spinning wheel. No, yeah, no, so. just real quick. I'm surprised it took this long. No, oh, just give now me we don't have time. Sorry. So there was this guy. We we would always play at spinning wheels, and there was this guy that played for the Viper that would come out every once in a while and, like, play in our games. And, like, he was 30 times better than everybody else. And still to this day, I do not know the point of why that dude was doing that because there was no girls there for him to impress. Right. He was just going there with a bunch of dudes that, like, you know, had day jobs and shit and then was just running around people and, at the same time, starting fights, talking shit, like, the whole thing. I had two schools of thought on this. A, maybe he wasn't there to impress girls. And secondly... Um, maybe he was looking at it as just practice or something and just kind of going out there and having fun. I, Doesn't sound like he was having fun. I guess, though, man, but if you want to practice, don't you want to practice against somebody good, not somebody that you yeah, can so. roll right past? Yeah, I mean, look, there's there's pickup games that Jimmy Campbell and I used to jump into over at the Brentwood League, and it was fun to go out there, and there were guys that we knew around town. So it would be like if I jumped on the ice with you guys playing in a game – I'm not going to take the puck and just go end-to-end and bury it and try to run guys over. I'm going to handle the puck and try to make it so that I can pass to you guys, and you guys score goals, and you guys have fun. Forever lifting us up, Jamie. Well, no, but that's, that yeah. would be fun for me then to do it that way, to go out and just try to you know run rough shot all over everybody and do that. I mean, it right. doesn't seem like. I don't know. It's like playing a game on like rookie, like like that you're good at. Like there's no point of that. I don't Jeff, know don't that take that personal. That's side. Play, play a game on rookie. I mean, like a video game. It's oh, like playing a video see. game on like the simplest level. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I had uh, 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 Galaga. One right. Time. Yeah, I had that. That's that was it. Yeah. That, was it. That, that doesn't. Ha- Did you have it on rookie though? Yeah. I don't even know what that means. Well, I yeah. have completely what's Galaga? This with no, what's spinning? Galaga? The one that goes back and forth and shoots up at the thing. That's that, that's Space Invaders. Space Invaders. Space, no, no, Galaga was, was like that. Galaga's the ship, and then that's my favorite video game of all time. It's the ship, and then Sega Genesis is what I had. That's what it was. Well, Galaga was an old school arcade game, right? But I had it in the thing, and it went back and forth on the thing and shot up. And like things were coming down on it, and you that, shot that. That could be fifty different video games from back in the day. I mean, because there was asteroids. That was no asteroids. No was asteroids the was in, the, were in middle. the middle. Yeah. yeah. Now I know what you're saying, Jeff. Missile Command. No, I that was good one too. That was a rad yeah. one too, man. Yeah. No, I think it was it was Galaga, right? No, Galaga. You'd know because you had the space. It could go up a little bit, move over, and then they had one ship that would come down like like beam you down and suck up your plane and when you blew up that plane you'd have two ships and then you, you were fire. just not dude i can i listen i don't mean to talk shit about a lot of things i will school some other efforts on galaga there is no doubt about that why would i bring up video games i don't know i don't know sorry don't right into his wheelhouse i had the pong thing yeah yeah the member the white line and the white line was the square ball i mean vaguely but i was used a little yeah and right as yeah. yeah and right as you're hitting it you try to put a spin yeah. on it which makes no sense Throw a little heat on it no electricity dude i just remember when our next door neighbor <laughs> got Pac-Man, right, though. yeah uh, 
when he got Pac-Man, he might as well have been the Thurston Howell of our neighborhood. Really? You know what I'm saying? Like, it was just like, oh, man, the Blasting Games, they just got an Atari, and they have Pac-Man. Dude, I mowed those dudes <laughs> they have two cars. so much this so that how, I could play video games. This is how we grew up different. It was cool when the Krups next door got Showtime, <laughs> if you Ooh. know what I'm saying. Yeah, or Cinemax. Yeah. Hey, so, why are you going over to Steve's house? It's midnight. Don't worry about it, Mom. I'll be back. <laughs> The different lives of Jeff Burton and Donnie Fandango. We had a, a channel like that at home. It was the French channel. And like 11.30 on Saturday nights, TVA was called. It would put on a risque film. like yeah. Not like you think, but just like enough just enough nudity. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. And so we were like 12, maybe 11, 12. And we had like hockey games always on Sunday. And you could always tell guys would show up in slugs. You'd be like, ah, you were what? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah here, here in the States, we had that, too. It was called Benny Hill. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that as well. I'm, I'm saying, was that, that was a That was a nipple. I saw it. Now, how did that roll on Channel 11? Because it was around the Three Stooges, but I don't exactly remember... But I just remember it was after I think it was after eleven o'clock you could you could show you know the wayward uh, Tommy Brownstone if you know what I'm saying man that was a <laughs> boy a big learning experience for a for for a young Donnie there oh uh-huh. Whoa, this yeah. is on free TV what a bragger big learning yeah experience. big le- yeah. you see Benny Hill chasing after some some woman and her, like one McGuffey would fall out and you were like it's all I need turn right. it off see you gonna sleep well tonight everybody you got the Benny Hill I believe that in our time of doing the podcast i believe i've become pretty good at telling when it's about time to throw up the old wrap-up sign i agree uh before you wrap it up let's oh, yeah. uh give out the email address oh, yeah we didn't do that last week either we didn't talk about the game the blues were about to play or did we mention any of our social medias lmbp at 1057thepoint.com last minute, minute blues, blues podcast. podcast lmbp at 1057thepoint.com send us an email and uh, also we have instagram now which is last minute blues podcast on the Instagram. Yeah, and we'll, we'll obviously, if you've got questions for us, for Jamie, more likely, right. that we would absolutely, <laughs> we would, we would absolutely love to, to to answer them for you. And I mean, it could really legitimately be anything. I right. mean, we we have talked about anything in our time. So whatever you've got, we'd love to chat. Except with you for about. auto mechanics, because I suck at that. Yeah, I'm not you guys good at that. Are I'm not bad at it. Okay, well, oh, throw dude. those at Jamie. I started working in the garage when I was 13 up in Canada. Really, I did. Yep. I did at fourteen, but I didn't do much because he had one of those Playboy calendars in the bathroom. He started at, on this. Honestly, those God, bathrooms true. were spotless. I know, I know, but it was a body shop, so you just had to sweep all day long. Yeah. And I say all day; it was like two hours. But he started to where he would start giving me my paycheck. He would just put it in the bathroom and just see when I found it. Wow! Well, yeah. So three minutes later, <laughs> I do, okay. One real quick one before we go. Uh-huh. My dad worked at a funeral home for a little while. All right, it's Bragger. a part-time job. He was a funeral director, and I got paid to clean the break room in this funeral home. All right, it was like I don't even remember how much I got paid. So one day they had these lockers that were downstairs. And I never opened them for whatever reason. And one day I got nosy and I found legitimately the biggest stack of porno mags I have ever seen in my life in this stray locker at this funeral home. They were older, so they weren't like super new. But I just remember thinking to myself at that time, how am I going to steal these out of here? <laughs> how am I going to get these one past my dad? Time, <laughs> what if it was your dad's and he was keeping them there? Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. It would make me throw up. <laughs> but it wouldn't make it wouldn't surprise me at all because if my mom would have found that, oh dude, it's over, dude. It would really? have, not. It wouldn't have been over for my dad, but there would have been a visible 
visible issue between my very Christian mother and my dad. Maybe not so much. Wow. <laughs> Maybe, Maybe she's going to so go, much. you know what? Why don't you keep those magazines? You're going to need them. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah this, is like definitely, Jeff. This, this is definitely where we cut it <laughs> off. Yeah, is that what you said? Now, wrap it up. Uh, like, to, to wrap it up, <laughs> yeah. so we have funeral home. Yeah. Porno mags. Yeah. Gives new meaning to embalming. Oh, hey. By the way, uh, Playboy, uh, we do have sponsorships available on the Last Minute Blue. Blues podcast. It is the Last Minute Blues podcast. Donnie Fandango, Hustler, Jamie Rivers, Penhouse, Jeff Burton. We will be back next Judge. week. Thanks everybody for listening. To tell your friends to listen to us. The Last Minute Blues podcast. Hear more at 1057thepoint.com. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.